600 pounds. 600 pounds. That's how much weight today's guest has lost. He's an amazing guy. He's one of my best friends. So make sure that you tune into this episode with Justin Willoughby. In a culture that scoffs at honor, you can rise up to lead and to shine. It's time to be the best man that you can be. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Hatcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher. Listen, we've got all kinds of things going on at Manlyhood. I want you to make sure that you go to our contests page because we're going to be doing giveaways there. Uh, we've got a Christmas giveaway uh, with from Haven Designs, which is my brother's company, and they make some amazing Christmas ornaments that we're doing a giveaway. So please go to manlyhood.com slash contests, and you can enter there. Also, please don't forget our... Manlyhood Apothecary Beard Oil, so you can have a nice, luxurious beard like myself. Uh, it's a CBD-based oil with uh, some really good scent to it that actually has antibacterial properties. It's good for you. It promotes beard growth. It's good stuff. And your wife's going to love the smell. She's going to be like, you smell like Christmas. That's what she's going to say. And we all know how ladies feel about people that smell like Christmas. So get yourself some Manlyhood beard oil. You can get that along with our swag and some of our books and things like that at the Manlyhood store. So if you go to our website, manlyhood.com, and you click on the store and the menu, or if you go to manlyhood.com slash store. Uh, before we get into today's episode, we've got a couple more messages for you, so stay tuned. Justin Willoughby, at the age of 16, weighed 799 pounds. And over the years, Justin has become one of my best friends. We've spent a lot of time together. I mentored him when he was young, and in a lot of ways, he mentors me. And so we have a great conversation today about his weight loss, about your weight loss, about your health, about your fitness, about your mindset. And I want to encourage you to make sure that you connect with Justin because he's got a podcast as well called the 600 pounds down podcast. And this I think is going to be something very special. I think eventually he's going to blow manlyhood out of the water with his listenership, but uh, definitely want to make sure you give him a listen, but listen to this interview with Justin today. Justin Willoughby, J dubs. It is so good to have you in the podcast today, man. Uh, it's actually an honor that I don't, I, I get it quite a bit to be able to talk to people that I know in real life. And, um, my wife will always be listening to a podcast and she's like, well, how did you get that guy on? And I'm like, like, I went to high school with him, you know, or, uh, you know, we've been friends for a long time now. My wife knows you, so she would know that. But, um, you know, I also get people that are complete strangers that I just get connected with. You ask people to be on your podcast, but I am really actually excited about this interview because you're one of my best friends. So we have a little bit of history and we can have some fun with this, you know? I have a lot of fun. I, I don't know, man. If you got dirt on me, I got dirt on you. So <laughs> just depending you for that, okay? I don't. I don't intend to air dirty laundry, buddy. I think we'll be okay. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. I well, and that's. I think that's actually what's kind of fun. And like you, you know, 
my deepest, darkest secrets, and I think I know most of yours. And I think that's pretty cool. Like, we've got some pretty cool life experiences that we've lived through together. And uh, um, I think that makes for an interesting interview. <laughs> I'm, hope, I'm hoping, hoping we don't have too many inside jokes, you know, but... <laughs> Fingers crossed. Let's see. <laughs> so, Justin, um, you've got an amazing story of transformation. The person that you were... 15 years ago compared to the person you are now. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that, man? Yeah. Uh, dude, I am <laughs> where to start. Okay. So obviously the person I am today is not who I was, uh, back when, you know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Um, I'm actually less than half of what I used to be. <laughs> I used to be, uh, 16. I was 799 pounds and, Today, I roughly sit at 215 to 225, give or take. So I'm definitely not the same person. And I can't wait to unpack that with your audience just to share with them, you know, the, the struggles and the victories and the wins and the losses and just the things that I've learned throughout this, this process of becoming a healthier person. Yeah, 799 pounds, dude. That's, you were massive. You were massive. I, the first time that I ever saw you, uh, I was walking at Walmart and I'm walking down the aisle and I see this like uh, what's that X-Men movie where there's the blob do you, know, you think that's his name do you, have you ever seen it I, I have never I'll be honest with you X-Men was never my favorite oh, so I kind of avoided them so there's an X-Men movie it's probably because of this but there's an X-Men movie where there's a guy that's just massive and he's, his superpowers are strength because he's so big but he is like massive and it looked like like it looked like you walking through the store, pushing a cart, and a kid bar. and I'm like, you were on oxygen too, because like you could barely move, and like every step was looked like it was hurting you. And I'm like, dude, why the heck is this dude eating a candy bar? And bro, I was doing bicep curls with that candy bar as I was walking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've always, you know, I struggled with my weight. In my, my entire adult life, you know, so I remember thinking, like, here I am working hard to try to get healthy, and look at this dude, like, what's going on there? Now, there was obviously a story behind that, because I met, when that happened, that was after you'd already lost quite a bit of weight, right? Yeah, uh, so, interestingly, um, I chose Walmart, because, first off, let's be honest, we live in a we, I lived, well, when I lived in this small town of Bradford, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot around there, not a lot of walking places or big stores to go to. So when a winter time came around, <clears throat> I would go there and I'd use that as my walking area. So I would walk around and, you know, I tried to lap the places. It, it was a good size Walmart, right? And, and I remember just trying to, first time I went, I was like, man, I gotta maybe get like, 10 laps in today and then i would try to just increase that as time went on so i think when you saw me actually it was i was trying to aim for a mile in the store because it was flat number one and i was afraid of falling so i was so big um number two it was warmer in there and i just in case i got hungry or weak i could buy something so it all kind of fit together um my parents were there supporting me and yeah i, I just got I was finished with my one mile Walmart walk. And uh, then I was like, man, I deserve a reward for this. And I don't always believe you should get a food as a reward. But at that point in my life, I wanted a candy bar. So I probably was a Snickers. <laughs> and so I just had one. And then obviously you saw me at the wrong time. So <laughs> kind of funny, though. <laughs> 
Well, but it is kind of funny, but you, I'm, I'm guessing you were probably 18 at that point in your life, I'm thinking. So you'd already been on your journey for at least a year or two at that point of losing thinking, weight. I'm thinking I was... I was probably 17 at that point. So, okay. uh, yeah, because 16 is when I was I was the 799-pound mark. And then later on, I, I started I, – I, see, I, they had me on an exercise program mm -hmm. before I went on my own to do my own walking. So that's when I – so I probably was a couple hundred pounds down by the time you saw me. Mm -hmm. But still, it was just a – it was a milestone for me because I never thought – you know, how could I, I didn't know I was going to walk again, to be honest with you. I thought it was just going to be me in a, in a wheelchair or me in a bed. Uh, but there was obviously different plans involved. So let's, let's go backwards. So I don't want to, we're telling the story out of order and I'm okay with that. Let's start at 16. Uh, how did you hit that, that point? How did you hit that 799 pound point? What happened? Okay. So. I just want to clarify that I was always a bigger kid. I mean, even in even, uh, elementary school, middle school, people, my classmates were smaller than me, just the way it was. And I was kind of used to it. And it was fun in elementary school because I was like the bodyguard, right? I, I was like kids wouldn't mess with my friends because I was so large. I was pretty much double, triple the size of those, of my other of my classmates and my friends. And... I remember it was cool to be big at that point. I was like, ah, oh, why? You know, like, don't mess with me. But then when middle school came up, I was, uh, it was a little more brutal, right? Kids were a little more identifying who they were. You got these dudes who would pick on you upperclassmen. So that was rough. Um, as middle school went on, there was some, a little bit of bullying involved and that didn't feel good. Uh, and then eventually, I believe I got to about eighth grade, it was eighth grade in middle school, and they put me. Uh, I started developing panic attacks in that in that grade because I was just overwhelmed. I'm not sure what contributed to that. My guess was some maybe some uh, anxiety from my parents having a rough spot in their marriage, and I took that upon myself. And anyway, so the anxiety developed, and then eventually I had to be homeschooled, so I was no longer in uh, school, and then. At that point, the anxiety attacks, and then all of a sudden, I started going to a comfort source to help me through the anxiety and depression, and that was food. And so I would want to eat, and I, I was always a bigger kid, so I had, you know, I had some desire to eat on a constant basis, to be honest with you. But it, it escalated when the anxiety came around, and then when I when I would consume food, I'd feel depressed of how much I ate sometimes, um, and depression actually took over because my social life started. Uh, dwindling down wasn't what it used to be and I just became a different person with anxiousness depression and an addiction which put all that together it's like a recipe for disaster right it's it's simple math if you eat a bunch you don't move and you're just kind of sitting there what happens is you start gaining weight and I didn't I didn't move as often as I needed to because I was afraid that my heart was going to give out on me because I was having anxiety attacks. And, and when I would move, my heart would race a little bit more and it would put me into a panic attack, an anxiety attack. And uh, that's when I started really getting bigger because I would go to food as a comfort source during those moments, which would make me feel good for a brief moment. But then all of a sudden it would leave me low. Right. And then Shape. over time I started gaining uh, a bunch of weight. So, so, 
You know, I know that you've got uh, a pretty good relationship with your parents, and your parents are awesome people. I love them to death. Um, I think a lot of people are going to, you know, if they don't know you and they don't know your story and they don't know your parents, they're going to be like, well, I can't believe his parents would allow that to happen. But it's not necessarily that simple, right? I was the biggest turd in the world of my parents. I'll be real with you. Uh, they they would uh, try really hard to get me to lose weight. They would take me went to a dietitian. We, my mom even suggested particular diets and and food methods and uh, slim fast and all these different uh, journeys of, of weight loss or healthy eating or exercise. All these different methods that I could use, and even the assistance and help. Like even to a counselor. Uh, and to no avail, truly, because I was a very, very, very stubborn kid. I didn't want to do anything different. And not as stubborn as you, let's be honest. So, <laughs> I just didn't want to do anything, though. I, I, I was like, no, you don't tell me. I mean, typical teenage attitude, right? You don't tell me what to do. And I would go days sometimes without talking to my parents because I was upset about something they did. I just wasn't the best kid. And... I'm surprised that I turned out the way I turned out today, but that's from having amazing uh, mentors in my life and men like you in my life to, to steer me the right direction. But um, it's just it's crazy. My parents were, are not bad people. They don't now. They're not 100 percent educated on nutrition and health. And so they struggle with their weight as well. And I think there was a little bit of enablement in there at the same time, because I think I didn't think they wanted to deal with the messiness of where I was in life. And so to enable me, they just, you know, gave me food periodically or I would sneak food. That's the other thing, too. I, I just didn't just hand me food. I lived above a convenience store, dude. And my right. brother, he has autism. So I would totally take advantage of that. You know, I would say, hey, Chad, go down to the convenience store and get me some some Reese's or get me some pizza or something. And I would just take advantage of where he was mentally. And uh, so he would do that and I would eat it. My mom and dad would be out or my mom would be at work or something going on. And then here we are. I'm sneaking food. I'm I'm taking money out of their out of her purse or out of my dad's wallet and and <laughs> buying food with that. And anyway, I wasn't that nice of a kid. So I'm surprised uh, I'm I'm where I'm at today. But kudos to my parents for putting up with me. To be honest. Yeah, and I I always want to bring that up because I think you know the internet comment sections are always ridiculous sometimes. And fortunately, actually, we have not had that much problem with manlyhood. I think the guys. Uh, involved are, are really good and they they don't make their life uh, their life doesn't revolve around being a troll on the internet but I, I don't want this to go out there and then have somebody just like blast them when they did the best they could with what they knew you know and and you know I think all in all they actually raised a pretty fine young man you know and yeah. and if I look back at when I was 16 I might not have had the same issues I, I was Dude, I was pounding a lot of food, but my metabolism didn't hold on to it until later. So, you know, I, I, it could have happened to me then, too, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but, so 16 comes, and you have hit that point now. You're not moving. You're stuck in a bed. What was your life like? It was rough. It was lonely. It was not fun, I will say that. Um you know, my life just consisted of the internet. Uh, so remember ICQ back in the day? Right, right. <laughs> ICQ, uh, all these different uh, chats just to find friends. I had a good friend, a good buddy who would come over periodically and, and see me. But it, I, I wasn't into anything as much as I needed to be anymore because I was kind of just sitting in a bed. And, and I didn't go play football with my friends anymore. I didn't go play Frisbee or 
you know, go roam the neighborhood and cause trouble. I couldn't because I was so large and I would get out of breath too easy and I would wobble and get made fun of and all that stuff. I just didn't want to do it because I didn't want to face all that. Mm-hmm. And so it was pretty lonely, I suppose you could say, uh, just from, and, and also it grew my love for food because I think we both know when you're sitting in front of a TV or in front of a computer, it's easy to mindlessly consume something. And so I would have my brother go out and give me some some pretzels from the cupboard, okay? I'd mindlessly eat those things, right? And and so, yeah, it was lonely and depressing. And I found fulfillment in, like, internet chats and uh, trying to find some girlfriends at that point and just, just finding something to help me feel better at that point. Yeah. I know you've told the story of your foot going through the floor because you were too heavy for the, the, the floor in the mobile home and... Um, I think you had to have some help, you know, like it got bad, like you were immobilized, right? Yeah, that was after. So that part was after starting my recovery process, which um, I think, is it okay if we go into that? Because that, that's a huge. Talk about it. All right. Yeah. So they had me. I'm going to tell you how it got there, though, dude. It was like a it was like a thing you see on Discovery Channel, <laughs> you know, um, or you ever see that that show, My 600 Pound Life? Yeah. Well, you see some of those uh, shows and they actually have to have like an ambulance crew come up and take people out of their homes. Mm -hmm. Well, the good news is they didn't have to cut me out of my home, but they had to come get me because I was so large. Now, how that happened was I had to go to my doctor before this, this whole event happened. I had to go to my doctor because it was time for a physical I didn't see my doctor for a couple of years. And so by, I don't know if it was like a state law or something. My parents said I had to go this time. So it's been maybe a year and a half to two years since I've seen my doctor. And I would go, but I needed a wheelchair to go in one of those extra large wheelchairs. And in order to get there, I needed some assistance. So my dad, my, my, my parents had a, a full-size vehicle. It was like a, I think it was a Ford Taurus or something. And... I I couldn't fit in the vehicle. My, I had to lace. My dad had to help me up to the vehicle. Well, not really up to the vehicle. It was only like maybe 10 steps. So I got into the vehicle with my dad's help. He had to grab me, hold me. My mom had to hold me. They, now, these people were, my parents were walking me to the vehicle. I was a big dude. Didn't know how much I weighed at this point. Just don't forget that. And so they were helping me. I was walking very, very slow. And it was painful. It was hard. They got me to the car, laid me down sideways. My dad forced my leg into the car so he can just shut the door, drove me to the doctor's office and got me out of the vehicle, which was a big struggle all its own. Heart was racing, anxiety city, right? And then they put me in a wheelchair, wheeled me into the doctor's office. A doctor like sees me and they actually closed the office just for me. Like it was after hours. And because I was so embarrassed and it was so hard for me. And I remember my doctor just looked at me. His face was just like, one of those, whoa, like, whoa, what am I looking at right now? Because it's been, it's been a little bit since he, since he saw me, right? And I, he looked at me, checked me over. He said it was, I was healthy for what my size. Didn't know my size at that point or how much I weighed. And he sent me home. Well, the next day he called my mom and he said, Justin's in some, some 
big trouble right now. We're not sure what's happening with him. He could be unhealthy. He could be some, some things going on inside him. He's very overweight. We need to get him to Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was my next destination. Well, I didn't want to go. Right. I'm like, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm this I'm this spoiled teenager who just wants to sit there and be complacent and and doesn't want help because I have it all together, even though I was this large dude and losing my life. Right. It wasn't working for me. And but my mom was very persistent. She goes, you need to go. And this is when she uh, I would say my parents, both my parents started really uh, they, they stopped enabling me and they knew this had to happen or I would lose my life. And so the ambulance crew came. It was it was an amazing Discovery Channel feature. No, it wasn't on Discovery Channel, but it looked like it. And they came to my house, and I remember a couple of paramedics coming in, ambulance crew coming into my house, helping me outside, uh, and then put me on a, a, on a very uncomfortable gurney. And then they put me in the ambulance and took me down to Pittsburgh. And they put me on a hospital bed, and my mom was sitting at the bottom of the bed. My dad was with her. And they looked up at me and they saw the scale. And my mom comes up to my ear and says, honey, do you know how much you weigh? And I said, no, I don't. And she said, you weigh 799 pounds. And I was like, oh, my stars, right? Like what? And my world kind of fell apart at that moment. Like, what does this mean for me? What am I, what's going to happen? Am I going to live? Am I going to die? Am I, am I going to get married one day? Am I going to be hanging out with my buddies again? Am I going to be able to enjoy another sandwich? Like all that stuff, right? Hit my head. So I was in a very messy situation, messy spot at that point in my life. So 799 though, like that's like, you might've, you almost hit 800, like just shy. Man, if I just, I, I was, I was really trying to find a donut or two, just <laughs> so I could get to that place. Four quarter pounders would have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I couldn't set the record, but I was close enough. <laughs> so, so you're in the hospital bed, and uh, you get an ultimatum, right? Yes. Um, so, I was in a point where the doctors would come in, and they would they would start saying stuff like. You know, you're in a you're in a really bad spot. Um, you know, as a 16 year old, they called me Mr. Willoughby, which is kind of weird. I felt like an adult, but I just wanted to mention that. I thought it was really funny. Um, Mr. Willoughby, we are, you know, you're you're not in a good place. Um, your vitals look good. You do have sleep apnea. Uh, your heart rate's really elevated at a uh, you know at a, at a state where you're at rest and all that stuff. Like so, but the good news is, I didn't have any any blood sugar issues. I didn't have any, uh, any clots or anything like that. My, my body was actually pretty healthy. My cholesterol was in really healthy range. My blood pressure was normal. Um, so it was like this, this divine protection upon me. And it felt amazing to know that, that there was someone looking out for me. Um, and so the only thing I had was sleep apnea, which was pretty severe as I stopped breathing. They said 60 some times an hour, which was crazy. So they put me on a machine. But yeah, at that point, there were some things they wanted to do because I wasn't, basically they were saying in a, in a way to talk to a six year old, 16 year old, in a way that I could relate, Justin, things need to change or there could be some bad outcomes, right? They didn't come out and say, you're going to die, dude. But you take it away, you know what they're saying. So they tried to put me into vigorous rehab, 
different placements in local uh, nearby cities and where Bradford is. And then, but they had no beds for me. So uh, I had to be sent home. But before I was sent home, there was a point in my life where I had to just think things through. I was sitting in that bed in Pittsburgh and, and I don't remember the exact moment or exact words, but I just knew the way I was living life just wasn't working for me. I was self-destructing myself on with my food intake and with being lazy and with the anxiety and depression. I was just in a really bad spot and I needed some help. I needed, I needed breakthrough. I needed, man, I, I didn't know what was going to happen to me. So that's when at that point in my life, I developed uh, a real faith, a real faith. I mean, I've, I've, went to church previously. I had a Bible in my hand. I, I mean, I, I knew some stuff, but at this point in my life, I reached out and asked Jesus to take control of my life and to change me because the way I was living wasn't working. And I didn't want my life anymore, apparently, because I was just wasting it away. So I gave it to him and it changed everything. My perspective started changing from that moment on. Yeah. And that'll do that to you. <laughs> You know, um, that sounds like, you know, it sounds like one of those moments where if I continue in this, the outcome is obvious. You know, if I continue what I'm doing, I'm going to die. You know, I'm not going to live to get married and all of those things. And I need to make a change. And um, so you asking God for help and God showing up and helping you like that changed you on the inside. But you're still 799 pounds. Yeah, I was still 799 pounds. So uh, that's the thing. It was a it was a process of transformation in my spiritual life. Um, and it's not just it, it, here's the deal. It's not just spiritual. It's not just mental. It's not just physical. They all three they go together very well. And I, I teach that a lot with my coaching. Uh, there there are we are a being that's made up of of flesh, of course, but there's also a a soul and a spirit involved in that being as well. And so I I definitely had to change all those. It just wasn't this this easy thing, though. It was not an overnight process. It was it was a journey. It was a journey, and it from day one to today, it's been a journey, and it's not over until I take my last breath. Yeah. So how quickly did you lose that weight? What happened? Well, the first year, it's the first year I, I dropped about 200 pounds. And then the second year, I dropped another 200 pounds. So in two years span, I lost 400 pounds. I remember uh, having to go up to the hospital in Bradford to step on a, a particular scale. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a patient scale, but it was one that, that people could stand on for wheelchairs that had wheelchairs or sit on, I'm sorry, had wheelchairs. Um, but that being said, I had to use that scale and it was, uh, it was probably once or twice a month I would go get weighed and I would see the weight come down. So two years span, 400 pounds. And then after that, it was a slower process. And the truth is, dude, I didn't end up having the cleanest process of weight loss. Like I actually, I had ups and downs. I had moments where I gained some weight back. I had moments where I struggled and said, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this wasn't just some easy peasy thing. And just because I had a, a faith in Jesus now, and just because I had a new uh, profound experience of weight loss, it, it still didn't, 
there still was real Justin involved here and his and, and the struggle of, of trying to eat healthy and and maintain a healthy lifestyle just was it, it was very uh, taxing sometimes. And it wasn't always the easiest thing, but I knew I had to do it. So I would go through phases where I would put on 20 pounds, 30 pounds and then lose it again and then lose some more. So it was about a seven to eight year process of me losing around 600 pounds. I love because it's almost like the first 400 pounds was like a supernatural gift, right? And then there, you had to, I mean, you had to work for it, but to lose that much weight was almost like humanly impossible. And then after that, you were just like everybody else <laughs> and you had to work for it, you know, which is, I think is kind of a cool part of your story because some people be like, well, he had it easy. He had a miracle, right? Yeah, no, you didn't have it easy. You had to work really hard to get to where you are. Yeah, it wasn't easy at all. It was very... It was, uh, it was very difficult, man. Like even that that first, it, it's so funny because the first two hundred just melted right off. Like it just that was just from walking and, and eating healthier. That just, I mean, there's you just it just came right off. I remember days I lost ten pounds and only eating a candy bar after you'd already walked a mile, right? You know, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Not not two anymore. But uh, that that's the that's the thing. It, it came off pretty quick, but. Again, through the process of losing it, two years of losing 400 pounds, it still wasn't easy, right? It still had its its moments of, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, I'm tired. I'm over it. And I, I drew strength from my friends, from my brothers and sisters. And I drew strength from, obviously, my faith in Jesus. I drew strength from, from community. That's a huge, that was a huge part of my, my success. I had a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, who came to my house for the first... I think it was the first six months of my recovery. And I maintained a relationship with them after they were uh, finished with their, you know, with my appointments. So that was something that helped me too, because they knew my story and I would call them when I was, when I was having a hard time, you know, I'm tempted and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, it, it was, you're right. The 400 came off pretty easy. There was some struggles, but that, that leftover amount of 200 pounds was, was definitely a slower, uh, process and honestly was more difficult because I had to really work for it. Like you said, like the exercise had to increase and the, the nutrition element, the, the, the food intake and all that. I had to learn some new ways of doing things and, and just made it uh, a little more like you had to work for it. And it was worth it though, because now I can look at that and say, I've done this. I, I know how to do this stuff. I know how to help people. I know how to give them answers when it comes to weight loss. Um, so it was kind of a, a gift in disguise, if you will, when you go through those things. A lot of times when we go through them, I think a lot of people think uh, this is hard, this is difficult, and we, we try to give up or we think we should give up. But if we just hold fast and we just keep going, we learn a lot. You know, we learn a lot through the tough times and we get we gain experience that we never would have had before if we just gave up and quit. Right. Uh, consistency is key to anything that you want to accomplish in life, but you have to do it and you have to make up your mind to do it and learn the lessons as you go, as you do it. I have always been impressed with you because from the very beginning, you knew that your recovery wasn't just for you. You know, you, like you, you modeled that early on. And I think that's been a pretty cool thing for you because you've soaked up. Like when I first met you, Justin, you weren't a smart kid, you know? Like arguable. <laughs> no, but like, like, like I wouldn't say like, you know, that you had a lot of, you had a lot of knowledge or a lot of information, you know, 
And if I look at you now, like if I have a question about nutrition, about physiology, about exercise, about any of it, like you've done it all now. And you've yeah. so much that way that I think it it has it has equipped you better than any, you know, college degree ever could. Yeah. You know, there's just something about, you know, just like what you're doing, dude, like you look at that manlyhood uh, starting out. I think, you know, you had obviously some answers you had. You had a way of life. You lived this thing. You experienced it. Uh, so you talked about your experiences and you were more you were ignorant then. Right. But now today you're just you have more answers. You're equipped more. You can help more people. And uh, it's just like that with anything in life. Like you, you, you start out kind of like a, you know, like, oh, I don't know, know, like a, it's a rookie thing. It's like, I have answers. I know what to do, but, and then it just develops over time because you try new things. You're not afraid to fail. That's the other thing. Like we're not afraid to fail. So with, with fitness, the fitness field, I mean, everybody has the same answers, right? Eat, eat less, move more, eat less, move more. And that's good, but there's other elements to it as well. And sometimes we're afraid to talk about other other possibilities of losing weight um, or getting healthier because it might not be the cultural norm. And so I think you just develop things over time, and then you're able to to take that, gain knowledge, and then help other people with it. And I, I see that with manlyhood, man. That that's it's it's incredible the things that you're doing too, like to to assist other men in their journey. Like I've learned a lot. From just being in the manlyhood man cave, I mean, there's things I don't want to know that get posted in there sometimes. But that aside, it's still some really good stuff. And, and your podcast, I mean, it's just, I love it. You're, you're doing good, too. And I think I think as we stay consistent, you and I or anybody who does something that's a movement or something that has changed your lives, you become a different person as time goes on. You're more equipped. There's no degree in the world that could that could replace experience, right? Yeah. Well, and I remember years ago, you had talked about writing a book uh, called Guinea Pig, where you were just going to try all the different diets and stuff like that. And if I look at your, just your journey, you know, especially in the past, like, you know, maybe five years, that's probably when that idea came up. Like I've seen you try things like the carnivore diet, or you've tried keto, or you've tried like Whole 30 or all these different things. And it's pretty cool because... Like, if somebody asks you for advice on how should I eat, you actually can say, there's this plan, this plan, this plan, this plan, and you can find one that works for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I've gone through so many phases, man. It's been, it's been unreal. Um, I mean, dude, I even tried, uh, like, like weight loss pills, right? Uh, remember, I don't know if I can name them. Can I name some? Go for it. All right. Uh, I don't endorse any of these, but, like I've tried Stacker 2 when it first came out. Then I tried Stacker 3. And then I would go to the, uh, there's these Metabolife, I think it was. Um, and there's other one, Black Beauty was another one. So I tried, excuse me, probably four or five different weight loss pills as well, which would give you just, it's a ton of energy, right? They give you a ton of energy and you feel good and you're buzzing all over the place and then you crash. So those aren't really that good for you anyway. Most of it's caffeine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Get the same thing drinking a pot of coffee. And you can lose water weight because coffee can dehydrate you a little bit. Caffeine, I should say. So have the benefits of losing water weight and going to the bathroom. Yeah, do the same thing that way. Um, had the energy. But I, I tried, and all these crash diets. I've tried, I've tried like, I mean, yeah, you want to talk about 
certain uh, methods of eating. Like I've tried, and I don't think any, I don't think all of these, I don't believe all of these are bad. And I really think you can make a lifestyle for all of these things. I, I've tried it all. Like, yeah, I tried the keto life and I love low carb. I, I actually, I do better eating less carbs. I do know that I call, uh, I would say keto is a little extreme for my lifestyle, but I do enjoy uh, low carb meals periodically. Um, too many carbohydrates just tend to make my blood sugar kind of funky and wonky and I don't feel as good. But I do think they're important to have carbohydrates periodically throughout your day. Uh, that being said, but I would say healthy carbs, right? God carbs, if you would call them, like, like the fruits and vegetables or potatoes and and uh, maybe some healthy grains if you can or will, but things like that. So, yeah, I, I've, done, I've done a lot. I've even tried the cardboard and water diet, which I would say is the fat-free diet, and that's enough to make you want to quit. The cardboard and water diet. <laughs> if you, if you want to add some, add some lemon if you want, that, that's fine. But You actually mentioned fat-free and I know that's something I've heard you talk about before. Like, like when you see a label that says fat free or low fat or sugar free, um, like I think that's the when we're walking through the grocery store and we're thinking I need to lose weight, we just swap our products for those things. What do you think about that? Yeah, man. Everybody, it, it seems like people who are trying to make healthy decisions, marketing has has truly tainted the view of health. It really has. Like, so if you walk into a store, you're gonna see cereals out there on the cereal aisle. Let's say you walk in a cereal aisle. Well, it's going to tell you, you know, there's particular cereals that say, eat this cereal for a meal, and in two to three weeks, you'll lose five pounds, right? Um, true. You probably can. Those are those are true statements. And But it doesn't tell you that these cereals have a, a junk in them. They're not good for you. And so I guess you, you kind of have to be mindful. Like, are you going to consume foods that are just going to help you lose weight or get healthy or get stronger, whatever your goals are, or are you going to be wise with the foods that you select that will also give you maybe some longevity involved or a better quality of life involved, not just losing weight, but, but experiencing a fuller and better life. Um, so we're, we're really ignorant and, and, and to, uh, health the health field and what's healthy and what's not i mean there's, there's a ton of things we could talk about today and i don't you probably don't want to get into like two hours of this conversation but i would say the same thing i think i think there's a there's a marketing gimmicks out there that pretend that they're healthy right but truthfully they're not and we need to be wise we need to have eyes that that can see past those things so common sense is the main thing like is this food that is closest to what the food was supposed to be, or is this a bunch of chemicals thrown in it to make it so they can market it to you as healthy? Yeah. Right, and yeah, exactly. It's just and it's common sense, but also education. There's need you need to be educated, and I believe in, in my program that I that I use and I teach others. I talk about transformation mentally, and it's not just like renewing your mind, but it's also educating yourself to to select healthier foods because you can go on dr google or dr youtube all day long and type in you know what's healthier this or that but truthfully you're going to get a ton of ads you're going to get a ton of of different opinions out there but if you just stick to the the common sense like you were just saying common sense of is this a god food what's the ingredient list is it this long or is it this long right and then you can kind of take it from there learn your nutrition labels and learn ingredients that's a huge step to to becoming a healthier person yeah that's awesome and i know you know at 
that if people want to know more about that stuff, they can connect with you. You've got a podcast uh, that is out, and you'll be giving people inspiration and information. They can follow you on social, and a lot of that stuff will be there as well. Because if you are at the place where you don't know how to start, and you need some information so that you're not ignorant about it, talk to Justin because he knows his stuff, you know? Yeah, dude. I, I've done a lot of studying, a lot of studying, and <laughs> hours. Just the, And not just for myself. I, I'm just a geek, I think, a little bit of a geek, but I also think about how can I assist other people? And then learning from there uh, just gives me, you know, the, the information needed to assist others for sure. Yeah. So... Um, I remember the first time that I ever talked to you about doing something with manlyhood. You said something to me, and it always haunted me because uh, it was the first time I'd ever heard it. And then after you said it, I started hearing it a lot. Wait, where are you going with this, dude? Come on, do it. This is this mean, G rated, or is this? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah, everything we talked about has been G. <laughs> okay, you said to me, I don't always, dude. I I, I don't I don't really feel like a man. Like, like, I, like, you know, when, when men are getting together and doing manly things, like, I don't feel like I fit in with that. And it actually kind of bothered me because I've never not thought of you as a man. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, I, I don't know what's going on there or where that comes from. And, like, now your life has changed a lot since then because I'm, I'm guessing you're probably about, 20, uh, let's see, manly you know, it's 10 years old. So that was 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. Uh, so what what's has that changed in your life has that attitude or that perception changed in your life since then it has um the biggest reason i remember that conversation i think we were at church together i think we were i think when i remember that conversation we were in church and i think we were by the the soundboard doing that stuff but um i remember saying those words to you and and i think in my life there were a lot of insecurities and here's the deal. It wasn't just with my weight though. That was a big part of it. It wasn't just about my past, even though that was a big part of it, but it was about the the men that I surrounded myself with and, and not that they were bad people, but I started believing the teasing, if you will. I started identifying myself as what they were teasing me about. Right. So because of my past and I don't put blame in anything, but it's just common sense. I've had issues. Like, I, I didn't do a lot of manly things because I was contained to a bed. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty manly to sleep, if you ask me. But still, that being <laughs> said, I uh, I didn't really have a normal life. Uh, my dad, I mean, he didn't really go out of his way to teach me, though he did try to teach me a few things, and I just didn't want to do it. So I, instead of, um, you know, coming to get me to make me do it, he just said, all right, it's up to you. You know, I'm not going to force you. So uh, I didn't really have an interest. And then... Now, fast forward when you get older and you become an actual man and you're not 16 or 15 anymore, things, I mean, it, it makes things difficult. <laughs> and so, you know, you get a little insecure because of the lack of knowledge and experience that you have, right? And and so I would see, like, your events, the, the, I saw pictures, they looked amazing. They looked like, you know, you had a lot of great things, a lot of man, manly things going on. I mean, so, but I, I didn't feel like I could I could do that stuff back then because I I... I was embarrassed and insecure. Um, I didn't want to have to go through the teasing process anymore. I didn't want to uh, be made fun of because I didn't know how to shoot a gun or, or fish or any of that. And looking back at that today, I think, wow, I was really insecure, dude. Now, fast forward, I have shot a gun. 
hit a target, by the way. And then, you know, I've done some really fun things. I even I even went on a, a uh, oh a dune buggy, dude. Like I, I, I'm like officially a man now. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I think that there are there's a lot of perceptions about what it means to be a man, and you know, there are man activities that that the vast majority, especially of American males, would look at, you know, and we'd say those things are manly. You know, I think of fighting. I think of, oh, we've got a story. We've got to talk about that, about fighting. <laughs> um, but I think when podcast over, heading out. <laughs> fighting, I think about shooting. I think about, you know, uh, you know, it, well, even in our, even the things that we wouldn't necessarily think are necessarily the best. Drinking, you know, or, um, you know, sex, which, I mean, there's balance to those things to make sure that they're kept in check, but you know, there's so many things, you know, cars and sports and all of those things that we think about as, as manly, and um, I love, I, and I, I probably say this so much, my listeners are probably sick of it, but I always think of Mr. Rogers versus Mr. T. You know? Like, like those two men look so opposite, but they're both very manly, you know? And so... Um, but I get that. I get that. That's why, like, whenever we do events and things like that, like, I always want to work in to the conversation or into the opportunity. Opportunities to do something that maybe we haven't done before and be around people who maybe have done it to help kind of... Because when you shot the gun, right? Now, I'm not saying that you have to shoot a gun to be manly, but when you shot the gun, how did you... And you hit the target, how did you feel about it? Pro empowered. Empowered. For real. Like, exactly. it, it felt good. It felt... And not just about being a man, but it felt freeing to do something that I haven't done before, right? So, like, without letting fear hold me back or insecurities hold me back, I mean, I was surrounded by my family, right? They were, this is a cool event. Like, we were all firing for the first time. That made it easier. It was welcoming. It was welcoming. I think if we're going to teach people and, and, and encourage them to try something, you want to be very welcoming, and you don't want to have a closed-minded uh, approach to this or a arrogance that comes with confidence, right? Some people, you could be confident, but very arrogant. And it comes across just not very, like, to me, it's just a turn off. I don't want to be part of that. I don't, I don't like hanging around people like that. I just don't. But if you can come across confident yet humble, you, you can, you win me, you win me. So mm-hmm. it was one of those moments, actually my brother-in-law, he taught me uh, to, to shoot a gun. It was, it was a really fun experience and, and uh, I would do it again. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that way about a lot of different things, too, because I'm not a car guy, you know. But when I figure something out and fix my car, I feel pretty manly. You know, or when someone takes the time to teach me how to do that thing without making it. I, I do think sometimes the teasing and the ribbing in the context of brothers, you know, where we're humble enough to, like, like if I walk up to some dude I don't know and I just start teasing him about how unmanly what he's doing is, that's not going to make him feel good. But like a little bit of that, you know, a little bit of that ball busting in the context of relationship has, has some benefit, right? You know, but uh, I don't think we need as much of it as we do, especially understanding that some people have some insecurities and you, a lot of people will use that ball busting to cover their own insecurities too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see it's fun to dog one another. It really is. Like that's, that's what dudes do and it's fun, but there was a point where, I think you you have to have um, you have to kind of enter that person's world before you do it, right? Like you got to know 
I mean, these, I mean, brothers, right? You, you know me. You, let's just say you and my relationship with you. Like you can bust me a little bit. You can, you can say things like when I had panic attacks, you would, I would have my dad come in and rub my back. And you told you me would, did that, yes. So I would tease you about that every time you would start to have a panic attack. I'd be like, you need to come rub your back, buddy. <laughs> and then the but, but here's the deal: you had a panic attack one time, and I asked you if I can come rub your back, which that's pretty. <laughs> I asked for it. I you asked for it. a heart attack. But, and you asked me if you need to rub my back. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm so glad you're still here. That being said, you're right, though. It's in the context of who it is and and the moment. And it's fun to dog one another, but there's a point where you have to enter that person's world. And the other part of that is, too, man, I'm learning now, too, because who I was back then is not who I am today. I didn't need to be so sensitive, right? Like, I needed to have some tougher skin and just, like, not every little thing had to offend me. You know, oh, uh, oh, that that makes me insecure. Oh, that makes me, that that's just that's just the like, product of who I was in here, um, in my mind. So, but they go hand in hand. You do your part. Try not to be so insecure. Try not to to be ridiculous with your thoughts. But at the same time, the other people too. It's like you need to be a little more mindful of how you're teasing because it could come across a little arrogant and really not an environment, a inviting environment. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. It's and. You know, growing up as a bullied kid, too, you know, like I, I didn't get it at first. It took me a while to get to the place where I realized that, that that friends can do that in a loving way, you know, in a way that isn't meant to be hurtful. And learning to stand up for myself when it's too much. Like, dude, we can't have this conversation today, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and a good will say, I got you. It's all good. I'm sorry about that. And back up. Somebody who's not a good friend will keep going, and then you know that you don't need them in your life. All right. You know, you, you, you taught me, and, and just for your audience sake, Josh has been a mentor to me for a very long time. Like when I met him at church, um, it just, he, we had a, such a great relationship and I, I do go to Josh when I need some, some advice and all that. And, um, it's just been good. So you told me, Josh, you spoke something to me one time because I was talking to you about, man, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like this person is overbearing sometimes and, and I don't like how they're treating me. And you said you set the temperature, you set the thermostat on how people treat you. So if I'm if I allow this person to treat me like this, they're going to continue doing it because they don't know that it offends me. They don't know that it hurts me. So they're just kind of going to treat me the way I allow myself to be treated. And so that that stuck with me because I, I carry that today. And I think my, my stepson, 14 year old boy. We're really good buddies. We're very good buddies. Like we laugh, we we joke around, we we it's just it's fun. I, I, I love I love it. At the same time, if I'm not careful, I can just come across as the buddy and not the step not the stepdad. And I need to have a fine line. Now I'm not his biological father, so it might look a little different how I raise him and my relationship with him, but at the same time, he needs to respect me. And I need to put it out there to be respected and set the set the temperature for that because if I allow him to walk all over me or joke around me too much or be inappropriate with his jokes towards me, that's not a good way to be either. And so then he'll continue doing that. But yeah, I had to face those obstacles. And I just remember those those words that just stuck with me as you you told me that in the past. I uh real quick, let's tell the fighting story. So we were working out together and we decided we were gonna go to uh, the YMCA and use their boxing gloves. And in the gym, we were going to box. And so it was 
you, me, and then this dude who literally was like a like a amateur wrestler, and then a fourteen year old kid that we invited to come with us. <laughs> the amateur wrestler was scary, dude. He he was like George the Animal Steel or something. I don't know. Always asking if we want to box, and like no, because like I'm a big dude and I can take pain. Like I I I know how to fight. This dude got in close, wrapped his arms around me, and punched me in the kidneys to the place where I almost pooped my pants. And I'm like, I don't want to box with you ever again. So then Justin's b- boxing this 14-year-old kid whose mother didn't realize what we were doing. And our rule was we didn't have headgear, so our rule was no headshots. And, and so, like, Justin throws a punch at this kid's chest, and he gets scared, and he ducks into the punch, and he knocks his last baby tooth out. <laughs> Um, and what's really funny about it is like we felt really bad but i know justin actually felt a little manly after that happened (laughs) dude i knocked a kid's tooth out come on come on man that is that is probably the the definition of manly right there right right i love it it was amazing yeah that was that was fun though that was some fun (laughs) days like and it was good exercise you know we went for exercise too right i mean that was something that we we did as as we hung out i mean you were mentoring me mentoring the young man with us and and uh, the wrestler with us. What's that? We were mentoring him too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But it, it was it was good. We used it, and, and it could be great exercise for you, right? I mean, we were we were. Uh, I got my cardio in because I would run away from some of the some of the shots that were coming at me. I mean, I think you tried to punch me a couple times, and I I would like run away from you. Yeah, but but that you know, and I'm actually doing that now uh, with Abe, who's got my son, uh, who's 21 tomorrow actually but he's got well when i'm when this podcast is being recorded it's tomorrow that that always gets confusing because i don't you know <laughs> but he uh, we've been we've been training for over a year now or almost a year now and uh and we lift and we do some cardio and we do some boxing and some uh tempo karate and um just that is my favorite exercise like I, you you have been my mentor in many ways as well because you've helped me on my fitness journey many times over, and you've been a tremendous help for me. Um, and uh, so working out with my son has been kind of interesting because now he's my mentor. Uh, but of all, you know how stubborn I am, and I hate working out. And so working out with Abe is fun because I'm actually finding a workout that I enjoy doing. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate everything else. But I love punching the heavy bag. I love, you know, a little bit. We haven't done a whole lot of sparring yet, which is probably good because my 21-year-old son would obliterate me, to be honest with you. He's tough. So, um, uh, you know, when we start doing that, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> but that's it's. I found an exercise that I could do daily if I wanted to, and I would love it. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, you got to find your rhythm, you know, and that—that's what I would—I would tell people too. Like, like when I first started out, I started out walking, and I always think that's just the—it's so low impact. It's most people, ninety-five percent of people can do it. It's just one of the things I would recommend for anybody, even if you're not losing weight, just to be healthy. Like, just walking twenty to thirty minutes five days a week, if you can get up to that limit or that amount. If you can't do that, you can go a little less. That's fine. But any movement's better than no movement. And uh, so, yeah, you just got to find your rhythm. And now I'm at a place today where I, I love 
Um, I'm, I'm kind of switching myself up too as I go. Like I'm, I used to be so focused on cardio, like just get go out, run, go out and do a stairmaster, go out and do an elliptical. Like my steps, I gotta make sure I get like twenty thousand steps today. And like, you know, I was just I was crazy with it, and it's just kind of this this high that I would get from it. But that's hard to maintain every single day or six days a week, and um, especially with a lifestyle with a family now. I mean, I'm I'm not a single guy anymore, and it's 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 different today. Uh, and so there's higher demands, work and this and this, and then, you know, doing my own thing. You know, I, I work a part-time job and work on, uh, my personal business with coaching and, and being an author and all those different, uh, avenues that I'm working on. So it, it's not as easy to do what I was doing. So I, I find that, that weightlifting or strength training is a huge asset, very helpful. I do enjoy that. I still do my cardio exercises in, as in a, a elliptical and stairmaster and jogging, running, whatever, walking. But it's not as much, and and I think it's okay, you know. And you just got to find what works best for you. As long as you're being active and you're doing something good for your body, you're challenging it. That's the biggest thing. If you could challenge your body to do something that it's not used to doing, you're doing okay. And do that. Five days a week would be perfect. Some people say every day, no days off. I take a day or two off a week, and I'm fine. So, Okay, so I like to ask all my podcast guests these questions, and I know we're kind of running into some time where you've got to go do some things, so I'm going to ask them anyway, and hopefully it doesn't get you in trouble. <laughs> the first question is this, Justin. What does it take to be a man? That is a large question. And that's on the spot, but I will do the best I can for that. Um, when I look at a man, when I see a man, I see a, a leader, number one. I see a man who doesn't mean, and when I say leader, I'm not saying he has to be on a stage or, or in a position of leadership, but he's a, or a title of leadership, but he's in a, the way he works, the way he lives, the way he leads his family, the way he works at his jobs, right? Um, pretty much anything he does. Like he's being the guy that's set apart from everybody else. So a leader is number one. Secondly, a man has compassion and confidence. And those two C's can go together. Compassion, meaning I see somebody who needs help. I see my family who needs, who needs to be led by me. And I'm confident that I can do that. And that comes from their leadership, right? I mean, this is, it's like, there's, there's so many ways you can go with this, but I see those areas. I see leadership. I see confidence. I see compassion, and I just see a man who's faithful, a man who's faithful. Um, that's just important, and, and faithful to whatever they put their 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 mind to, right? So their their marriage, like there's a lot of pretty people out there, but I will not think twice. I will not I will not do a double take, right? I will not do a double take to pursue any other relationship. This is just me and my wife, my family, devoted. So that, I, I would say that's kind of a broad answer, but but those are the things that come to my mind is what it takes to be a man. I think they're great. That's a great answer, man. The next question, Justin, is what are you going to tell 10-year-old Justin if you have the opportunity to go back in time and talk to him? Stop eating food. <laughs> no, I would tell Justin, I would tell Justin there's going to, to, to spare you the pain. Don't fall in love with food. Don't fall in love with food. And... Try hard to not be insecure about what you look like. Um, man, that, that's huge. Like I was just thinking of who I was at first off, ten years old. I was just I was just kind of getting into things. I was a big kid. 
I just like food. I didn't care. But if 10 year old would have known that 10 year old Justin would have known that at 16, he was going to be 799 pounds. I would tell him, I would tell him to be active. I would tell him to stop eating so much food. And I would tell him to find uh, fulfillment in other areas as much as a 10 year old could understand, you know, because I didn't want to, if I could spare a 10 year old to go down that direction, I would do my very best to change his uh, direction. Mm-hmm. What is your best advice for the men listening today? Do something. Do something. Don't be a putz. Uh, don't be an excuse maker. You know, it's okay to it's okay to think this is overwhelming. It's okay to feel defeated for a minute, right? The thought that comes in, it's okay to to maybe think that for a second, but don't stay there. It's normal to have thoughts. It's normal to have moments of being overwhelmed or stressed out but and you can voice them talk to your spouse you know talk to your pastor talk to your friend brothers whatever but don't stay in that place because as a leader as the man we're to move we're to get going we're to pave the way lead the way and and there should be other people following that and if they don't that's on them, but you be the best leaders you can be. I would say just go. Do something. Don't be a putz. Don't make excuses. Finish what you say you're going to do because I was that guy for a long time. Except, I mean, my weight loss, sure, that's an awesome experience and I've seen a lot of success. But in other areas of my life, Josh, you remember, I remember you telling me, you need to get you need to get going with this, this weight loss stuff. Like, you have so much potential. You can coach people. You can author books. You can go out and public speak. And I would always try to put it off. Like, I didn't see the value of myself. I would make excuses. No, man, I got too much to do. No, I got this going on. And, and the truth is, those were all excuses. And I know that God's given me a story to share with others and encouragement to give others. So I'm pursuing that. So do something. Awesome. Which kind of brings me to uh, the last thing we kind of should talk about is that you are doing something and you are starting your podcast, right? Yes, I'm... I'm stoked, man. Uh, that this has been uh, a dream for a while, but again, made excuses as to why I uh, I, sh- I shouldn't have done it or whatever. But I'm at a great place today because I I'm just so confident today that so many people need to hear something, hear answers. So many people are searching for truth. They're searching for motivation, inspiration, and answers to their struggles with health and wellness and fitness. Um, spiritual, mental, all those different subjects. They're looking for answers in those areas. And I just want to be a vessel of hope to other people. I just want to be, I just want to be a voice. You know, this is, it's, it's just a gift that was given to me to express to, to express to others, to assist them on their journey. I mean, I'm, I'm so the 600 pounds down podcast, it's just, it's got a cool ring. Yeah. 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 You assisted me with that, man. It was good. Well, you were almost, you almost had the right, the perfect name. And then we're like, what about this? And then I think, you know, as most of my ideas, I think I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm like, it's this. It was, <laughs> it was so good. I'm surprised. Yeah, good thing you didn't call me. I wouldn't. I would have been like, "Is everything okay? You have another heart attack? What's going on?" And uh, <laughs> just a name change. It was just a name. That's fun though. I, I yeah, it's gonna be great. It's it's um, you know, we're we're doing. It's gonna be good. I'm I'm just gonna inspire as many people as I can, and and looking forward to uh, to really reaching the masses with it because it's really encouraging. So. Uh... Definitely look up wherever you listen to podcasts. We will also have our links in the show notes. 
to the 600 pound down podcast and 600 pounds down podcast. Uh, see, I came up with the name and I said it wrong. <laughs> and and um, you can go to justinwillaby.com and there should be some more information there as well because Justin can come and speak at your events. Uh, he can give you coaching. You're working on a coaching program as well. So, um, you know, I'm going to tell you, this guy has helped me through so many times in my life that I needed help when it comes to getting on track. And sometimes I listened to him and sometimes I didn't. And every time I didn't, you know, it, that's probably our whole relationship, dude. One of us is telling the other something he needs to hear, and the other is not listening until later. Yes, <laughs> that's all right. It takes us a while to process it, yes. man. Come on. So, no, it, it's true, dude. And and I just encourage our 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 individuals listening, like especially if you're a man, you know, it, it's important that this thing that Josh that you're doing is is really important for connection and building community. And that was the other aspect of, not to go on a tangent, but that's another part of success. That's all I want to say. It's another part of success is community. And so if there's any way you can get involved in the Manlyhood Man Cave, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a free avenue to build relationship with other men. I and mean, that, that's, I love it. It's fun. It's funny. It's serious. It's all sorts of different emotions. It hits every emotion that you could possibly have in your body. Um, and it's just a good time. And these are good dudes. Everybody is seeking to be a better man. That's that's the thing. Nobody's perfect in there. Not even Josh Hatcher himself. <laughs> but it's just like random. We're just dudes trying to be better men. It's that simple. And so there's an avenue for us to, to get into that, to to reach and, and grow in relationships and to become better men. I mean, I would say that's part of success as well. Yeah, I would agree 100%. And so, and I, and if they're in there and they're like, dude, I need to talk about weight loss, they could ask you that question. And then we'll get feedback from not only you, but other people who've tried this or have advice. And, and yeah. that, you know, there's, there's wisdom and a wealth of counselors, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I I can't uh, even fathom how amazing it's been to have this conversation with you, man. And I definitely want to have you on the show again. Um, I'd like to do some other work with you as well with Manlyhood. So I think our audience will be seeing quite a bit of you in the, in the future. Very good. I would love it. I would love it. And I'm all about uh, investing in other people. So any avenue I can help, please let me know. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, man. You have a great day. Thanks, dude. death sentence at the age of 16. I became a slave to food and to fear. 799 pounds. 799 pounds. But here I am today. 600 pounds lighter. And I'm here to share my story with you to help you improve, to help you find your way, and to help you become a more motivated person. I'll be your inspiration. Here we go. Let's do this. He's been on the Today Show, The Doctors, in the National Enquirer, and in newspapers and magazines all over the country. Don't miss the 600 Pounds Down podcast featuring Justin Willoughby. Justin Willoughby, thank you so much for not only being one of my best friends, but for uh, 
telling your amazing story for not letting your story just be yours, but inviting the rest of us into that journey and story with you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Please make sure you go to the show notes and check out Justin's podcast, check out Justin's website and look at his books that he's got on Amazon. Let's support this man because he's doing amazing work. And if you find yourself in a position where you need a coach, you need somebody to walk you through the process of getting healthy and, and, and getting fit. This is the guy that you need to go to. So justinwillaby.com is his website, but go to the show notes, click the link. Let's go show him some support and let's get ourselves back on track because I think that's good stuff. Hey, listen, you guys are important and you matter to me a lot. I don't do this whole podcast thing to get rich. If I did, I would have gave it up a long time ago. I would love it. Yes, if this can if we can sell a whole bunch of beard oil or or books or other things, you know, as our as our brotherhood is coming together and the guys start um you know, taking advantage of some of our premium services that we've got at manlyhood.com slash brotherhood as that grows into something special. Yeah, that'd be awesome if that could be a, a sustaining career, and I believe that it can be and it will be for for me and maybe some others that I'd like to put to work someday. But that's not why I do this. I do this podcast. I run the Manlyhood Man Cave Facebook group, all of it. I do this because I believe that men matter and I want to see us grow and become even better men. I believe that men are good. Yeah, there are bad men out there, but even bad men can have a second chance to become a new man, just like Justin. So... That's why I do this. It matters to me. You matter to me. Just keep that in mind as you go about your week. Anyway, guys, I love you. I care about you. And I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.